Japan defended the dignity of Asian football after coming back to defeat Spain to advance to the round of 16. For a moment, Spain thought they would be eliminated like Germany. Belgium wrote an embarrassing period for the story of their golden generation. They had only themselves to blame for all the goals they have missed. Welcome back to CGTN Sports Talk. I am Li Xiang, and I'm glad to be joined by my colleague Josh here. Great to be back. Yeah. So this morning, Spain were trailing、uh, behind Japan. They thought it's okay, but when Costa Rica scored to lead over Germany for five minutes. Spain and Germany were both on the edge of being eliminated. How crazy was that? Yeah, this really was. Like, this is very much the 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 round where it makes you realize, like, this is why we love watching football. This is why, whatever you say about who are the sponsors, who are the owners, FIFA being corrupt, going to Qatar, whatever it is you want to say, days like today are why there will always be a love of the game because. You look at that group beforehand, and you think to yourself, "Okay, it's going to be Spain and Germany. Maybe Germany and Spain. Either way, they're going to be the top two.、Mm-hmm. Japan are going to be three. They're always fairly okay. Then Costa Rica. They got the group in 2014, but you know it's Costa Rica. And then, as the games have progressed, that has been cast aside. And then yesterday, what Japan did against Spain, incredible. But what Costa Rica did for those five or ten minutes, where they were going to eliminate Germany and Spain,、mm-hmm. I, like it really proves anything can happen in this sport. Yeah, that's true. So I really like Japan's resilience and their hard work. Apparently, the comeback victory means a lot. But first, I want to ask: Do you feel that Spain were pulling their punches to avoid meeting Brazil? So that was the thing which I, I did wonder with this because at the end of the group. The people who are topping it, I believe they play Morocco next,、mm-hmm. and ones who are second face Costa Rica, which not Costa Rica face Croatia, which means that if you were second, which is what Japan very easily could have been, they might have an easier route to the semifinals.、Mm-hmm. But I don't feel like pulling their punches is the right way to describe it because, you know, it, it, this tournament has been weird anyway. It's December. That's never happened before, but a thing which I feel like is going to come out of it, especially from this particular game day, is in previous years there's been a dominant philosophy which then has trickled down. Spain winning in 2010, for example, Tiki Taka, that suddenly became the dominant force in the sport. I feel like the way Spain and Germany played, you could probably relay this. To、um, Belgium as well, and probably plenty of other teams, is I highly suspect the dominant thing coming out of this is not going to be oh this team were impressive, that team were impressive. It's going to be we're going to have to start getting strikers back in the game because the way Spain were playing, this was like we've said before. It's ten midfielders. They get towards the edge of the opponent's box, and then they. Pass around to either open space, pulling opponents out of the way, or just tiring them out, and then running through on goal. Japan, after they got that second goal, were very content to be like, you know, they they start off being like three at the back to throw everyone forwards. They kind of turned around. I don't know if this was Moriyasu telling them from the side or just natural, but they basically pulled back to being like eight at the back, two guys up front ready to burst out and catch them on the break, sit in a low block. 
And that forced Spain to keep passing and passing and passing, which, yes, is their standard style. But then it felt like they just ran out of ideas and just kept passing and passing and passing. And they had nowhere to go, no one to pass it to. Uh, they took Alvaro Morata off very early. Like, he was off basically exactly after um, after Japan scored, which didn't really make any sense to me. So you end up having this situation where it isn't just their usual style of they get towards the end of the pitch and feel like they've run out of space and then just try and force the ball through. Is that Japan, by putting up a solid defense, showed that they had no real second, no real plan B, no real second idea, and that just completely cost them the game. They were holding on to that ball for basically 40 minutes in the second half mm. and had one shot on goal. Yeah. Uh, Danny Almo got through, side footed it, and Gonda just jumped on him, and, mm-hmm. and that was it. So I feel like. Teams will be looking at this, Spain side in particular, seeing all that talent, Gavi, Pedri, Rodri, the next generation, and then seeing the complete lack of goals, the complete lack of points, the difficulty in breaking down teams like Spain, difficulty in breaking down Germany, and thinking to themselves, well, we're going to have to do something about this. And I can see the classic number nine, the big guy up front, coming back by the next tournament. Yeah, they should. And uh, Japan's best record in the World Cup, I believe, was stomping at the round of 16. Do you think they can break it with so much more attention to them now? I, I, could, see, sir, I could see it happening because before, this, before we started recording, I, I quickly looked it up. And I feel like Japan is very similar to Mexico mm. in the sense of the domestic league is very popular at home. The players are p- play pretty well. Not that many go outside, but when they do, it's always to pretty good teams. You have guys at Arsenal, you have Minamino, who's just been at Liverpool, for example. And I feel like the difference between Japan and Mexico is we have this knowledge or this just, just concept of South American football. Yes, Mexico are Central American, but it's still Latin America. They still have that same vibe so you at least imagine okay well latin american football south american football is good mexico will be pretty good as well and they were for a long time up to this tournament i suspect that this win in fact no these two wins over spain and germany will now set some kind of marker for what asian football can do and that will only grow if japan continue going through this tournament and based on what they've done so far I think that's very likely. You know, we were thinking of them going out of the group after the Costa Rica loss Mm -hmm. because of how it was all on basically just bad game planning, bad tactics, one mistake from the keeper. But now you've got six points over two previous champions, not even like fluke wins, very solid wins based around very classic footballing techniques. Uh, Ritsu Doan has become a super sub almost. He's almost the breakout star of the tournament so far. Mm-hmm. I really would not be surprised if Japan become the, let's say, it's a bit late to call them dark horses, mm-hmm. but say the surprise package of the knockouts. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I noticed some Germany fans blame Spain for not working hard enough, but maybe they should really blame themselves. Okay, this win against Costa Rica, it showed resilience of Germany football, typical Germany football. 
if they hadn't lost to Japan in the first game, that all of this would never happened. So Germany is such a disappointment. Yeah, they really need um, a rebrand, yeah, whatever it is, a I reboot. So. The, the stuff which I've heard coming out of the locker room, or like discussion, or like rumors about hearsay, about whatever, is that the locker room are kind of falling apart. There's no real cohesion. But again, there's no central striker, no one to really send the ball to. Kai Havertz is not that guy. They brought him off for Thomas Muller, I believe, like very late on. Mm-hmm. And Thomas Muller, at his age, at his style of play, shouldn't be the number. Should be the guy right at the top of the pitch. you the guy you're relying on getting goals on. Like he plays up front with Sane, Musiala, Serge Gnabry behind him. I feel like it should be the other way around. Muller somewhere in the middle with, say, Muziala up front because he's fast and he's quick and he's got talent. However, none of those guys are out-and-out strikers. Even if you look at Gnabry and Sane playing in the winger roles that used to be Arjen Robben, Frank Ribery at Bayern Munich, they don't have that clinical finishing, that touch of quality when they get in front of the goal. So they should even be in a very similar position to Spain where they're great at moving the ball. They're just missing that one last piece. But even so, Rudiger is causing so many mistakes at the back. Uh, Nicolas Zula, simply not fast enough to be in the positions that he's been. He was better in this game because they started him as a centre-back rather than a right-back. But even so, he caused a lot of mistakes by playing players on, letting the faster players of Costa Rica go through. This, again, is one of those situations where Costa Rica are still mostly that squad from 2014 where they got out the group. Mm-hmm. You can see the age. But even with the younger players, like, you know, Yeltsin Tejeda coming through, they shouldn't be causing this kind of trouble for Germany. They they weren't winning the game until the 85th minute. True. You know, after they were 1-0 up for all the first half, yes, from Serge Gnabry, but they were so under pressure for the rest of it by Costa Rica. I believe there was at least one goal that was ruled offside. The pressure under Manuel Neuer, he is credited as an own goal in that second in that second one. But his clearance was terrible. Mm. And it was all because they he was facing like four I think it was like three or four Costa Rica guys were just running into him at any one time, bursting through the Germany back line and then he had nowhere to go, nothing to do. It was very poor. Like you can say that getting out through not getting out of the group stage in 2018 is a blip, but this is twice now, and this time it's almost worse because they did have goals in them mm-hmm. from the winger positions, from Havertz coming on late, from Nicholas Falkrug, who should have started. Um, when did he come on? He came on 55 minutes, so he came on in the second half when they needed a goal. But it's yeah, the, this team needs to be rebuilt from the defense upwards. Yeah, that's. I mean, Germany went through similar dark years before, but say they uh, didn't reach the semifinals in 1994 or 1998, but in between, they won the Euros championship. They mm-hmm. were doing bad between um, the lot. They were doing bad between 
the in the Euros in 2000 and 2004, but in between they were runners up in the World Cup. But this time they weren't didn't do well last time in the Euros, and they were out in the group stage from the World Cup uh, consecutively. So I think they really need a rebuild. But I don't know if they are in a worse or better situation than Belgium. Their golden generation is, if not officially over, nearly over. Yeah, I would say with Roberto Martinez resigning immediately afterwards, that shot of Romelu Lukaku in tears with Thierry Henry comforting him, um, with the stuff that Kevin De Bruyne was saying, um, I think Jan Vertonghen came out and said something as well. Mm-hmm. This feels to me like very much the end of this era, and I would be amazed if we saw even half of these players playing for their country again because mm-hmm. they were just old, they were just slow, they were just sloppy. Going back to what I was saying about how the other group made it look like teams are going to prove how much they need a striker, Lukaku being brought on, clearly not match fit. No. With barely, I think, not even a full game previously, and then just fumbling everything that came his way in front of goal. Like, that was... I mean, I, I who, who was it who went off? Was it Leandro Trossard who then just sat and go into the bench? Yeah. He just sat next to the pitch and was just looking on as if, like, he was in looking at a nightmare playing out in front of him. This way... this I mean, this isn't even a case of Belgium going out in the group stage like Germany did. Belgium were ranked number one in the world for so long. Mm. They were third place at the last one. They were semi-favorites, let's say bottom end of the favorites, top end of the dark horses to win. They were expected to at least reach the semi-finals by a lot of pundits. Yeah, And they end with just one of the most, not embarrassing, just abject performances ever. Like, there's nothing I can even really say about it. There's very little chemistry among the team, very little in the way of tactics, no creativity. Seems to be just get the ball to De Bruyne, he'll figure out himself. That's just not how, how a team with this much quality, with these many famous players who are still playing very well for their club teams in a lot of situations, should be performing. Mm-hmm. A lot of the blame, not of this tournament, but of this, this era comes down to Roberto Martinez, who has been fine, but he's been relying too much on star quality, not so much on being a man-manager, getting yeah. him on the same page. But yeah, this was just this was just miserable from Belgium. And then Croatia, on the other side of things, simply went much better, because at some point, and it wasn't very long into him, it looked to me like Belgium were just hanging on, Four at the back became six at the back with Dendonka and Witzel just playing so, so deep. And Croatia are in that... Like, Croatia, to me, are an entire team... Actually, you can't really make the comparison because Modric is doing it himself now because Modric is just basically a bit too old, but he still has the quality, still has the ability to pick out passes very far away. Everyone is still... Basically, everyone is as good as they have been. They're just older now. They're a step behind. They're a little bit too slow. And that means they can be cut off. They can be countered. They can be caught on the break. You know, it's it's like watching, you know, 
um, Andrea Pilo in his final mm-hmm. season, mm-hmm. David Beckham at PSG, where everyone is, you get, you give them the ball, you give them an acre of space, and they can still make magic. But teams aren't going to give you that time. This isn't a testimonial. This isn't legends football being played on a indoor on indoor pitch. You have, I, I mean, who's the youngest player? Guardiol, I think, is yeah, I think it's most. Yeah, is like the youngest, most exciting, most attacking player. I feel like this Croatia team, if they're crafty enough, and they should be, they can still get to, let's say, get out of the round of 16. Mm -hmm. But if they were hit by a younger, faster team, let's say Argentina, as they are now, where it's young guys surrounding Messi and Angel Di Maria, I feel like they're in for a lot of trouble. Mm, they, I think they will, because say they beat Japan, and then in the quarterfinals, there is a very good chance they meet the leader of Group G, which is Brazil. And yeah, no, I and, I really don't like their chances. And not only that, I'm looking at this this team right now. And you've got Ante Budimir, Bruno Pekovic, and Levia playing in like the center forward position. This team is crying out for Mario Mandzukic. We saw him on the bench, mm. not on the bench, on the um, with, with, the, with the managers. Yeah, yeah with, the, with as assistant manager now in the dugout. This team is basically, I think, that away from being good enough to reach a finals. But yeah, if they reach Brazil, having played, that means what? Two more games. They already look tired. Legs are already going. Modric played a full ninety minutes. Then at the end, when. He was hugging the Belgian players, just looked as if he needed an inhaler and oxygen mask. Yeah, I, they, they're, they're, they're too old, and it's really sad to see. Yeah, I, I, to me now, it sounds like aging is one of the words you can't really ignore for this World Cup, because players who have age enough to be mature or players who have age enough to say goodbye. And for the latter, we have the examples of Germany and Belgium and now maybe Croatia on the edge of saying that. So mm. maybe this is a era changing World Cup between yeah, the like, previous one and the next one. Yeah, I feel like that story has evolved because when we did our first podcast, we were talking about how the narrative is Ronaldo's last and Messi's last. Yeah. And then you realize, well, it's also gonna be Thomas Gareth Muller. Bale's last, Thomas Muller's last. Lewandowski. Probably Lewandowski's as well. Yeah, exactly. Now we've reached the, this stage, and it's like, okay, this isn't just going to be the last four certain players. This is going to be the last four, let's say, eight of the Belgium starting eleven. Mm-hmm. This is going to be the end of six of the Croatia starting eleven. It's going to be complete root and branch replacements at a lot of these teams now. And I can't think of another World Cup or Euros or international tournament of any kind which felt so much like the end of an era without really seeing the rise of the next, mm. if that makes sense, you know? Yeah, I know. And also, it's kind of both ironic and interesting that in the first World Cup in winter, we say goodbye to so many star players. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's very much the sun has set mm-hmm. on a lot of this stuff. And yeah, the winter has come. Yeah, yes, it has arrived for a lot of teams and a lot of football federations. Yeah, that's true. And I think so much for today. Thank you for listening. Hopefully we'll be hearing from you guys very soon tomorrow. See ya. Speak to you then. Bye-bye.